Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our first episode coverage of Masters of the Air on Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. Zach, how you doing? It's been a good, good week for you? It's been a busy week, but I can't complain. I mean, good week. Baby's crying a lot. You know, tell, my, my watch is telling me it's too loud. You gotta, gotta get away, so. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she peaked over I... 90 decibels this morning. <laughs> Holy moly, that's like a, the Seattle Sounders Stadium over there, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, well, we had an eventful week. I'd say that this is the premiere of... Apple's most anticipated show, obviously, of the new year, but for a while now, and kind of perfect timing. I had I had read something that they started filming Masters of the Air in during around the pandemic time, wow. which at that point, you know, Austin Butler, although now he's like ascending into superstar, you know, Hollywood star status. Same with Barry Keoghan. Uh I don't. That wasn't really the case at that point. They were up and coming for sure. You could kind of see it coming from a, from a mile away, but this was largely before Elvis fame. Largely before a lot of the things he's known for. He's going to be in Dune Two coming up, mm-hmm. and Barry Keoghan is you know, uh, he's straight off of Saltburn at this point. He's going to be playing Joker in the new Matt Reeves uh, Batman films um he's in banshees of inishira and was nominated for an oscar i believe for that i may be mistaken but uh, i don't know if i am uh and nonetheless just star-studded and this is obviously it's a genre a lot of people love you know i myself love history uh love world war ii history specifically and um just that generation you know the greatest generation that ever lived right you know that as mm-hmm. we're told about and i think these stories are probably some of the most important ones that can be told as you know we live in an age now that takes a lot of things for granted because we're so far removed from a global conflict like world war ii was yeah i mean it has been quite some time since we've seen anything like that um but man i i i I always love watching things like this i will say going into the show i am a sucker for period pieces and for military like movies and tv shows i just i love the genre it's just, it's, it's insane that a lot of stuff like this, like actually happens. It actually has happened. So like yeah. something that, I mean, I hope, hope to God, I'd never actually have to see firsthand, but it, it is very engaging. It's very interesting to watch. So I, I'm in for it even just, just because of that. Before we get too deep into it, let's do a little bit of house cleaning or housekeeping, as we should say. <laughs> we just wrapped up a couple of series. Now we wrapped up for all mankind season four on Apple TV. Apple TV has surprisingly turned into our bread and butter over the last year or so. That's Most of the shows we're covering tend to be from Apple TV, although there's some other ones out there from other networks like um, True Detective that's out on HBO or mm-hmm. The Bear that's on Hulu or, or plenty of others, House of the Dragon. I mean, I love Game of Thrones and that whole universe. 
Uh, and then some on Netflix, right? Well, speaking of one of them, Zach is editing or re-editing and posting an old series that we did when we first ran through every single season of Peaky Blinders. So we're pretty yeah. much going to be posting there very frequently on YouTube, okay? They're already up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. All those episodes are up. We're really posting them pretty much um, to catch up on a backlog of episodes that we had recorded prior to launching our YouTube channel. But now we're adding video in it. So you'll see my freshly moved into apartment in some of those videos with nothing behind me, uh, nothing on the walls, pretty much a mess everywhere. You'll get you'll get a treat of seeing uh, an apartment that's like from four years ago or three years ago. But it's very relevant because I think Peaky Blinders is a show that's going to be rediscovered, namely because the star actor probably has the performance of his lifetime. And I say that even against the film that he's nominated to win an Oscar for this year in Oppenheimer. Uh, uh, Killian Murphy is in Peaky Blinder. He leads it as a character named Tommy Shelby. It's personally in my gauntlet of favorite shows because I love gangster um, gangster shows and mafia shows and stuff like that. Yeah, and do. it's actually kind of related to Masters of the Air because it comes fresh off of World War I. The boys are returning home to Birmingham, England. Uh, after World War One, after serving in World War One, in some of the worst um, areas that they could have served as mutters uh, in France during World War One, and they return home to a ravished England on the pretty much in an economic depression, uh, trying to raise their family through the slums, uh, through uh, you know some shady <laughs> business practices, if we can say uh, you know anything shady, else. But, but it's fun. A, I mean, I would say they're show. fun business practices. Yeah, and you'll you'll love it. Check it out. Our coverage is pretty much the, I think maybe one of the only podcasts you'll find that has done an entire series coverage through it. They're filming the follow-up film right now that's following up on season six. And I think once Killian Murphy wins the Oscars, which I think is going to happen, better. Uh, people are going to realize, hey, this guy had a show that ran for six seasons and they're doing a film about it. Let's go check it out. And that's what we're here for. Don't judge our uh, my production background too much at that point. But anyways, enjoy it. And um, yeah, check out our For All Mankind content, whatever else. And as always, like, rate the show. Let us know what you think, if you got any recommendations. And that's all I got to say. Let's get into it, Zach, shall we? Let's, let's do it. Prior to this, load. while you were giving your baby a, a bubble bath, um, as you were <laughs> there was no me, bubbles you involved. Some, <laughs> you, needed an ex you needed some extra time. While you were doing that, doing what you needed to do around the house. I was over here at my place. I was listening to a podcast with John Orloff. Pretty great podcast I discovered. I, I actually followed them now if anybody else out there wants to support them as well. Uh, they're called something along the lines of we can make them speak or we have ways to make them speak. Mm -hmm. And it seems that they focus a lot on World War II history. And they were interviewing uh, the guy who's developed this show, who worked on Band of Brothers in the Pacific. Uh, his name is John Orloff. And in that, I kind of wrote some notes, just kind of set the scene of what Masters of the Air is going to be what it's meant to be. And I had no idea because I haven't completed watching Band of Brothers or The Pacific, but it's on Netflix now, both of them. But yeah. Masters of the Air is supposed to be the trilogy to that. It's supposed to be like hmm. the final, the third part of that series. I know they're not necessarily overlapping yeah. with characters, but um, this show is 10 years in the making. And the reason they didn't make it sooner was because they needed the technological capacity to have the scale that they wanted for these for this um, air warfare. 
Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have kind of noticed maybe a little bit, right? Like this, to your point, the scale does feel bigger in the show compared to uh, Band of Brothers. I mean, I, I, I watched Band of Brothers many years ago. I am currently rewatching it. Uh, but I, there, there is this really like up close and personal feeling that you get with Band of Brothers, which I mean, it's one of the many reasons why I like it, but it's just it's different in that regard. So that's a very interesting point. I think it's going to be interesting for everyone involved to learn more about World War II. One of the things I loved most about that interview was he talked about how accurate they want to be with mm. history. And they did a ton of research to the point where the animation team, and if anybody's listening from the production team who wants to call me out, you can email us at contact.soapbox.house. I'd love to have you on and, and pick your brain on that. Uh, they said that they were essentially basing the air mission. So if you see in episode one, you have mm -hmm. a few air missions, I believe two that you really see that are that really violent, very bloody um, mm -hmm. missions. You have uh, Bucky Egan, Major Bucky Egan and Gail Clevin both go on an air mission at this point uh, in the show. And one of the things that Orloff was talking about was their research. The animation team was tracking each plane from mission to mission. And when they get hit by, when a plane gets hit by a rocket, at the time that that rocket hits, it is keyed to the time in the mission that that rocket hit that plane. So wow. in the middle of the, that's how accurate they're trying to be with this show. And I don't want to say too much because he didn't spoil a ton, but he did say enough that could be spoilery. And I know this is history. So if you really wanted to look it up, you could. And I don't tend to approach this the way I would fiction. Um, but it is also nice to kind of see a story come together. And one of the things that they don't tell you in the series, and that the audience might be wondering is how are these two young guys played by Austin Butler and Callum Turner, uh, respectively, Gail Clevin and Bucky Egan, how are they majors already? And Orloff answers that, that they're part of kind of the generation before the guys who signed up to serve in World War II. Because mm -hmm. when World War II took place, Pearl Harbor took place, a bunch of people signed up to go serve. Mm -hmm. But these guys had already been in the Army Air Corps for two or three years prior to World War II, be America's involvement in World War II beginning. So by the yeah. time World War II occurred, they hadn't had any combat experience, but they were majors in the army at this point, which leads them to be the leaders of the 100th Bomber Group, which is what this show largely is about, which they call them the Bloody 100th because they're known for the number of like really bloody missions that they were a part of. Essentially, they were in some of the worst battles uh, in World War II in the year. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. And I, I do love when a show pays attention to detail. Though I want, like that, that that's incredible. If they're if they're literally that close to the reality that happened, it makes me wonder, like you know, how how much is too much, right? Like at some point, there's got to be diminishing mm -hmm. returns. But I I don't know that I've ever been let down by a show that's actually paid that much attention to detail. It's like playing a video game. Like you want you want to be able to turn off all the HUDs and, and go through this story and enjoy and see like the how amazing everybody was at, at creating that piece. So I'm excited. And speaking about just like how important a piece like this is, it's not like it, it transcends TV at a certain point, right? Or in the legacy of what you look back on 50 years from now. Like I see this kind of as a time capsule piece if it's if it's historically accurate. Right, mm -hmm. um, Spielberg, you know, he's famous for a lot of things. Famous for a lot of films, you know, but his like magnum opus, right? His, yeah. you know, the the holy grail, like of all his films that he's done. Really, I'm not gonna say Jaws. I'm gonna say it's Schindler's List. You know, in terms of what it means to him culturally, 
It's a film that he that he was pretty much I forget which famous director approached him and said you need to do this, um, but he had put it off for years to <laughs> to do it because he wasn't ready for it. And um, when he took on the directing job of doing Schindler's List, um, he did so. I and I I don't believe I'm wrong in this. He did so largely because there was a lot of um, fake news occurring in terms of Holocaust deniers and and th- that kind of shit spewing around that the mm-hmm. Holocaust didn't exist. And Schindler's List in a large part is, is you think about it, if you want to tell somebody about the atrocities that were committed in World War II, you would, you would push Schindler's List on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you, he follows that up with, you know, Saving Private Ryan, and then executive produces Band of Brothers, The Pacific. This is all kind of like in his filmography of documenting some of the stories that occurred in World War II. And I'm sure he's got to be incredibly proud of it. Uh, he's not the only one executive producing it. Tom Hanks is also behind this as well. And I think Spielberg has a son who acts. I, I'm kind of fuzzy on that one, but I, really? I believe he's also in the show. I, yes, I believe he's also in the show. Okay. I had no idea. I didn't know he had a son that was acting. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of not surprised. I feel like I feel like once you're that big in the industry, like everybody in your family is going to want to kind of follow along in some form or another. Yeah. Well, the the actual show, the core of the show is is based around Egan and, and Clevin's friendship. That's their best friends, and they remain that way. And that's kind of how the show kicks off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you get this opening scene where Bucky Egan's going to take off to Europe before. And one of the things that I learned um, a little bit about World War II is that the second half of 1943 was the were the bloodiest air missions in the war largely because of they had to clear the way for all the american ships to come over all the american troops to come over through the sea mm-hmm. they had to bomb all the you know german submarines and u-boats and all that stuff right they had that's yeah. why they were like in norway in the beginning of this episode and their first bombing mission here is really to take out uh german u-boats or something like that if i believe um, but they really kind of set the stage in a way where y- the stakes are high immediately. There's not a single mission. There's not a single action that takes place in a plane that doesn't feel nerve wracking, even to the point of when Austin Butler is landing, his character's landing his plane like in Greenland. Okay. <laughs> and there's 50 mile per hour gusts that are occurring. It's to that point or that degree, I think that they're kind of setting the stage that nothing is going to be a walk in the park here. The moment a plane takes off, you have no idea if that same plane's, plane's going to come back down. Specifically, yeah. uh, you see that in both of their starting uh, missions, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I love that there's risk in this, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm happy. I feel, I feel weird saying this every time I say this in a show. I'm happy that everybody's not just, you know, living and, you know, you get to make all these decisions scotch-free. Like, uh, you know, it's there's weight to it. Stuff happens. It's bad. It's, it's dangerous. And I like that sort of risk. I like being on edge in a show, especially in this genre. Historically, yeah. it sucks. Like it's, it's, it's horrible that all this has happened, but for watching, I mean, it, it's good. It keeps me very engaged. Um, I will say Austin Butler seems to be still, I don't know if this was filmed, how far before Elvis it was filmed? I know I said it came out before, like they started filming before Elvis, but it does feel very much like he's in Elvis mode with this role. Uh, still, 
And there's a scene where he does go up for his first mission. And when he comes back down, he tells Bucky, his, his best friend, he says, why didn't you tell me it was like that up there? You know, you didn't say it would be like that. And it was because Bucky was pretty much told, don't tell him what it's going to be like. There's nothing that can prepare you for what's going to be up there. And uh, the developer, one of the writers of the show, Orloff, I, I mentioned earlier, he mentioned that there was a quota of missions that these guys had to fly in a, at a certain point, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the quota was instated at this point yet, but there there came a point in World War II where these guys who were part of the Air Corps or the you know the Air Force, they were seeing all their buddies go up on planes and none of them coming back down. And at a certain point, there was nothing that you, that you could do to get them on a plane. Some of them, yeah. not everybody, but there were certain there was issues at some point that he was saying that people would want to go on a plane. So at a certain point, they had to instate a quota of. You have to fly 25 missions, and if you fly 25 missions, you can go home. And then the thing was is that nobody really survived past 11 missions. So, uh, <laughs> that was an issue. But I think at this point in the war, there, is, there was no limit. Pretty much, you fly it until you died. That was pretty much the, uh, the way that these guys would approach um, serving in, in, the, in the military that day. That's crazy. Uh, to to the point that you were mentioning about Elvis. So Elvis was it started being filmed uh, January twenty twenty, went on hiatus okay. because of COVID, resumed in twenty twenty one, and Masters of the Air was filmed in twenty twenty one as well. So okay, so this is like fresh is off overlap. Elvis. So, well, they, I mean, it could have been at the same time to some degree. Well, yeah. he's got his collar up the whole time. I just, <laughs> I do need to see that coolness go away at certain points when you see all your buddies dying around you. <laughs> yeah, you, you just can't have a toothpick in your mouth. Just be like, all yeah, right, you uh... can't be, you can't be playing it like. I mean, who am I to toss the butler how to how to play it? But <laughs> you can't be playing it like, all right, boys, line them up and knock them down, rack them up, and you know, you can't, at a certain point, you're losing. It, you know, guys taking a bullet shell to the face or a rocket shell to the face. Like, at a certain point, there should be some sort of that you're not calm, cool, collected on everything, right? Yeah. But uh, hey, honestly, I think pieces like this at times are to make these characters um, legends, you know, myth, almost mm-hmm. mythical type, you know, uh, figures, right? Yeah. So if I'm him, I'd play it cool too. I'm not gonna lie. I'd have when I'm riding inside the the jeep, I'd have my my right foot outside of the thing, right over the tire as well. You know, I'd have my collar popped, oh, yeah. all that sort of thing. But yeah, um, when, when, whenever you're not being shot at, right? Like that's, yeah. that's okay. That's acceptable. Yeah. Thoughts on the opening battle sequence for. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bucky when he goes up there as the observational pilot because these guys seemed like that they were yeah. destined to lead that's kind of like what the impression is at the moment you get there and then you even got yeah. the guy who's in charge of the squadron is, is pretty much vomiting blood the entire episode yeah I mean like I I, I liked it I, I was a little nervous that we were going to have a show that started out where it was a bunch of like time jumps and we had another storyline being told oh, in two God, different no parts time jumps. man I was 
I, I'll tell you, I was nervous for a moment when we when we cut straight to the battle, but I think that it really like calmed down. We didn't get a lot of this back and forth stuff going on, which I I appreciated that that kind of went away. So it's the, it was the first show <laughs> in a while that we don't have to deal with time jumps because oh my gosh, yeah. we just finished Monarch Legacy of Monsters, and that show was a living time jump. Three so, timelines in there, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I'm just. I can deal with it, but I don't want the whole show to be like an entire episode just dedicated to. Yeah, you gotta like draw um, plot points and all right, where was this? This took place then. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, By the way, no, the, yeah, go if ahead. I can add one more thing before you say sure. your point, the blonde in the beginning, the romantic interest of Gail Clevin, Isabel May. She's uh, an actress. She's in 1883, a Yellowstone prequel. Ah, she's she's amazing. Like she's amazing <laughs> in that show, and it took me. About ten minutes because she doesn't look like her, her version of her character in 1883. Yeah, she is incredible in 1883. So I don't know if she's just like a one-off. That was the only scene we're gonna see her in. Um, but she's really good. So I do, I do wonder yeah. if if she comes back into play because she's kind of a a rising name too in Hollywood. Oh, I have a feeling that we're gonna have to go back to see like that version of the characters at some point. Like I, I don't think we're all just gonna stay over and. Uh, you know, England and, you know, right in the middle it's of the only, war. It's only nine I imagine that. What? It's only nine episodes. I could totally see it just being in in well, Europe. It, it could be. I, I mean, I would imagine you're going to have some sort of flashback at some point to continue some character yeah. building. And I'm okay with some flashbacks, just not like massive, you know, time jumps yeah. and things like that going on. But no, anyways, I... I, I like the show. I agree with you. I do think that, that these guys are natural born leaders. It does, you know, kind of come off right away. Um, you know, one of the things <laughs> I was talking about attention to detail, by the way, this happened a little bit later on in the episode. Um, embarrassing thing I, for, for me, at least I think I, I love shows like this. I love movies like this. And I, you know, I've, I never really thought about like what flack, you know, Canon's flack fire was, uh, mm. but it was, there was like this split second in this episode where I heard a metal piece of shrapnel just cut right through the plane. And you, I think you could see it like stick somewhere in the inside of the plane. I was like, oh man, that's that what flat cannons are. That's how they take out planes. Because I would always wonder, I'd be like, how the heck are they blowing planes out of the air? These things are exploding, not even close to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So You're talking about that metal shard that yeah, came that through. that metal shard that came guys. straight. Exactly. Yeah. And it was at that very moment that I'm like, oh, that's how flat cannons work. Because I had never looked it up. Never looked it up. But it's that attention to detail that I really, really mm -hmm. love. So, I, I, I thank them for that because I learned something from the show already. One of the things I kind of found, um, it was like interesting to me because I hadn't really imagined this scenario mm -hmm. was when they're on their bombing run, okay? And, and there's so many clouds that they have no visibility of what they're yeah. bombing. And this is what distinguishes like the good guys from the bad guys. The good guys cancel their bombing missions when they can't see what they're bombing, you know? Yeah. Um, which was just uh, like an interesting bit. And also you can tell immediately like their planes are not the type of planes to, they're not nimble, so to speak. No, at least, they. Yeah. So, they're at a disadvantage with these fighter jets that are just out there just zooming around. At this point, it's, uh, I'm assuming it's the Luftwasa. Luft, how do you pronounce that? Is that Luftwasa? Luftwasa? Lufthansa. That's, that's the airplane. Yeah, yeah. That's the German uh, side of, those are the ones they're fighting in this episode. Put it that way. Um, yeah. I also noticed the navigators who the narrator of the story is the navigator. He's played by Anthony Boyle. 
his character, uh, his last name is Crosby. Um, just the way that they'd have to navigate back in the day to the point where they're trying to, uh, they're heading in a certain direction. They end up in France instead of England. And um, which where you see that the air defense like up in the sky, all those plumes of smoke that you see right there in that, in that screenshot you have. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was just kind of a, literally a blast from the past of how these guys would have to navigate through these battles. Like all you'd get was a PowerPoint presentation of what you're going to do. And then you go out there and you got a navigator who's right, just go. <laughs> telling you everything. Go for it. You know, Off of a piece of paper, mind you. Crazy. <laughs> I can't even picture somebody driving around the city over here using a paper map, let alone charting their course in an airplane while being shot at by other planes and flat cannons. So, yeah. amazing. And it's, it's not, it's not Lufthansa. I, I, I actually don't Lufthansa know how to pronounce airline, this. It, yeah, I know. It, it, it's the, the Luftwaffe or something like that. Yeah. Something close to Luftwasa, that. If, I, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, please tell me how to pronounce that because I should learn that at some point. I think we're heading towards Austin Butler and I keep on saying Austin, but I should just call them by their character names. Uh, Gail and Bucky, they're going to be in charge probably by the next episode of the 100th, right? Because you got mm. the, the CO who passes out after their mission, pretty much just throws up blood. I don't know what condition he has, but uh, just throws up a bunch of blood throughout the episode. And he's he looks sickly. He's like very skinny and sickly looking. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would imagine, you know, you do get that scene with Bucky being reprimanded to pretty much fall in line. And Bucky's saying he's, you know, he doesn't want to be sitting behind a desk yeah. his entire time there. So, I think he's going to get what he asked for and uh, is going to get thrust into the position of uh, being on more of these missions behind the in the cockpit, so to speak. I would imagine so. Otherwise, there's not really much of a need to show this guy coughing up blood. <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of irrelevant at that point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Would you? Uh, oh well, around the coughing up blood, or, or just anything else? I was going to yeah, ask. I was going to ask you: Would you be landing your plane in those gusts of wind? They they, they were coming in earlier in the show, like sideways. I was. I was surprised that they all landed. I, I thought one of them was going to land well, and the didn't. other was going to like take off. They didn't. Uh, one, one of them had to pull up. <laughs> the, the other one had to pull up and do another lap around to try it again. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, we saw the the issues with landing with those manual crank landing gears uh, yeah. in those days, man. So, you had the crash landing in the in the grassy field. I mean, nothing is going to be... Um, easy nothing's going to be just like a walk in the park uh mission or drill everything is high stakes in this show and i think although episode one feels slightly uneventful um Mm -hmm. i think it does set the scene successfully for what's going to be the foundation of the series which is the friendship of bucky and gail uh what are we going to be following we're going to be following the hundredth and the characters that we meet there like crosby like barry keoghan's character who i did not catch his name um Mm -hmm. If you could look that up for me when you get a chance, yeah, and Barry, many Barry many Keoghan. others. Um, I think Lieutenant even Jude uh, Jude Laws. What's his name? A Lieutenant Curtis Biddick. 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 Okay. Yeah. And uh, you even have Jude Law's son. What's what's Jude Law's son's name? I think it's like Rafe or something like that. Rafferty. He's uh, yeah. Sergeant Ken Lemons. Ken Lemons. Ken, Ken Lemons. Lemons. Oh, that's a, that's a nice ring to it. Ken Lemons. Yeah, that's very. Sounds like a fake announcer name. Um. <laughs> What are you what are you looking forward to most in the series as we move forward? I haven't watched episode two yet. We we were gonna do an episode one and two sort of recap, but 
it's kind of more just talking, discussing the show, really, and and what we enjoyed most about it, and what we, um, what we're looking forward to, and and in documenting sort of our perspective on what happened back then, and just the bravery that it took to to freaking <laughs> fly these planes, knowing that there is a high chance that you weren't coming back. Yeah, I don't quite know what I'm looking forward to just yet, other than like a very like immersive experience and just learning more about the war, about what actually happened. Like that's one of the reasons why I love these shows. Like I, I, I don't necessarily go out and do a ton of research on these just on my own, but I am fascinated by the subject. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure just yet what, what I'm looking forward to most. Like I might by the end of like the next episode, but, um, yeah, I, I need I need to see it develop a little bit more to kind of see like, you know, I guess what things are really at play other than just this grand scale of a war. How about you? Though? I did, think, did anything stand out to you? Well, you, in terms of things like, I'm looking forward to, I kind of can say the same things. I, I want to learn more. I always love learning more about these World War II stories specifically. Um, just like the different the different battlefronts that there were, you know, like this mm-hmm. this is one of them. There's, there's many others, right? Yeah. And I, I did not know um to the details that the second half of 1943 really leading up to D-Day in 1944 that that was some of the most some of the most bloody missions that were had at least by you know by the American side and and whatnot to prepare to like make way for our involvement in the war but um I'm looking forward to that I'm just looking forward to learning more about it and, and just enjoying the series I mean that's kind of the 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 good thing about it is we get to enjoy it from our couches while these oh, yeah. guys lived it. Um, just crazy, man. Crazy. But I do expect some incredible air battles. And that's I'm also looking forward to that. I think it's going to be action-packed pretty much th- through and through. And I, I just can't believe that we're living in a time that this is a TV show and not a movie. So, it's pretty yeah. insane. And it just says, speaks a lot that they had been working on this for 10 years and that now is the time that they can effectively do it. To the vision that they had, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this guy went so far as to say that he he figured like at one point I don't know if he was being sarcastic, but there was times in developing the show that he was like, "This should be four seasons, not nine episodes." So let's see how that plays out. I was gonna say this is only gonna be a one season thing, isn't it? This is a one season thing. This is a nine I, part. Mini I think series. I'm happy. I think I'm happy with that because that's Same. very much that's how Band of Brothers was, and the, dude, that show was um, is amazing. Like to this day, like I, I, I still think back about that show, and I'm just like, man, that was such a great thing. And <laughs> it's crazy because it really is only like what nine or ten episodes, but I feel like there was just there's so much there. There's so much that goes on. So mm-hmm. I. I don't know. I, I think they'll pull it off. I mean, you've got great people behind the show. Just, I mean, it's the same people behind Band of Brothers in Pacific, like you mentioned earlier in this episode. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think they'll pull it off. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what it is. Maybe, maybe this will turn into like a scenario where you know Apple keeps paying for them to produce shows like this, and you end up you know covering a bunch of different stories. Um, well, but Apple, it, maybe Apple's getting to a like point different. Apple's yeah. getting to a point where their original storytelling is, is getting crazy. I mean, they have a show coming out called Constellation that, that has uh, Numi hmm. Rapace and um, Jonathan Banks, who's in Bra- from Breaking Bad. Uh, he plays Mike Ehrmantraut. Um That looks incredible. It's a mystery series. comes out in February. So there's a lot of stuff coming out for Apple that's already wow. come out. They should be proud of themselves. And, and I haven't even mentioned, this whole this episode was directed by 
Kerry Joji Fukunaga, and that guy is a beast. Like he's just an animal. Look up his filmography, and um, you'll see that he's done about just about everything. So, um, yeah, Zach, let's get into some categories and let's close out episode one. We're looking forward to the rest of the season. All right. Well, let's start out with favorite character of the episode. Hmm. I think it's got to be your two main characters, right? Uh, although I will say. I think I like Bucky a little more than Gale uh, so far, just because you get a little more background. That bar scene was really fun where he's, mm-hmm. you know, he has a, you know, an apple, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. He like makes friends with like everybody at the bar and kind of has like a wager to win two bicycles. So I thought, I thought he kind of like wins the, the episode for me personally. I, I was going to go with Buck, not Bucky. Uh, Hold on. I'm Ga- calling Gale, Gale Austin Butler's character. Because it's going to be yeah. too confusing. I know. It's going to be so confusing. Bucky Buck and Bucky. I was wondering if we were going to slip up and call them that. But uh, no, Gail, Gail Clevin, I liked a lot in this one. He's just, he's so calm. Like, he's the battle buddy that you want. He's not going to freak you out. He's the definition out. of cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. 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 All right. He's got um, like that, if you've seen that Brad Pitt movie where he's a, a pilot um, and he's like falling from like just a ridiculous height. I mean, it's just like infinite height that he's he's just dropping from. <laughs> and um his his uh his heart rate is like 40. Like it's like not elevating really? at all. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the thing. I feel like Gail's heart rate never went above like 45 in this episode. He <laughs> was just like rack him up and knock him down the whole time. <laughs> Left side flaps up. Everyone's getting uh, rocket shells into the freaking dome. <laughs> well, uh, he—he—he's my favorite in this one. How All about a right. uh, favorite scene of the episode? I think favorite scene has to be um their their first two missions. Maybe the lead up to the mission. I, I really did enjoy the scene of kind of the nerves. I was talking to my dad about this. I was like, you imagine. The nerves, the the morning of your mission. I wouldn't be able to eat a full breakfast. I, I'd throw up my entire breakfast if I had to eat like a bunch yeah. of stuff. But they would call it the Last Supper, you know. Um, ain't, ain't no way you're having like eggs in a full spread right before you're going up into the sky. There's just no full way. Full English breakfast. <laughs> yeah, and and even having the priest there, you know. Yeah. So it reminded me of a uh, mash. Have you ever watched that show? Uh, not like a full episode, but I've seen it like tons of times. Oh, there's there's just the reverend in there, so I, you know, seeing him pop. Like I, I don't really see any shows where there's like a reverend guy that comes in here. Yeah, uh, so it was interesting to see like, him pop that up. Yeah, the reverend sort of looked like Lord Downey. Uh, what's it? Downton Abbey? The, the show he looked like the, uh, the father from that show. Anyways, I, uh, anything else? I I kind of liked the scene. Um, I actually liked the scene with uh, you know Bucky uh, Egan. Uh, where he had the apple on his head. That was the one scene that I liked a lot with him. I, yeah. I love seeing the. It, it was it was that bit, but it was also seeing you know, uh, Clevin come in and give the guy a unicorn. Um, that re- yeah, yeah 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 yeah. So you can you can tell he's a ball buster in terms of yeah. like he's the he's the troublemaker in the in the group, right? Yeah. It was funny. It, yeah. it showed a lot about the characters. And I mean, they, they look like they're going to be a, a, a fun, uh, a fun, fun couple to hang around. Yeah. Fun duo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have any lines that stuck out to me in this one. This, this doesn't feel like a line show so much. 
I got to say, because I've repeated the line like 70 times, is Austin Butler when he goes, rack them up and knock them down. Oh, well, there, there's that That's one. It, I, I, hope, I hope they're not all, I don't want to say corny. Like, yeah, cliche. Like, I hope, I hope we, we get some non-cliche lines that stand out. Pretty badass, though. Like, you're talking to your yeah. boys right before the fight. All right, boys. Let's rag them up. Knock them down. Like, that's the shit you say, like, right before everyone goes and marches off to their death. Like, <laughs> at the very least, everyone's going to be like, he's cool. Even when he gets on there, though, the guy's like, I sense the spirit of God in you, sir. <laughs> he's like, all right, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. Um, all right. I've got to ask, have you ever been in a B-17? No, have you? Yeah, I walked through one once. It's very interesting. Like at the at the museum of like, it's some I don't, museum. I don't remember where it was uh, for the life of me. It was on vacation somewhere. And we, we were doing like a walkthrough and we got to see like a lot of World War II uh, equipment. And we got to walk through one of the, it was a few planes, but one of them was a B-17. Uh, you, know, you get to climb through the whole thing, get in the cockpit, get, you know, in the actual like gunner uh pod <laughs> which by the way is terrifying to be in imagine sitting in that like glass bowl and they lock with you nothing in there. Yeah, pretty much with nothing yeah, they shut like a door they oh, yeah. have to let you out yeah, yeah, yeah. they gotta let you out there's nothing oh, underneath no. you You just see straight down to your death basically firing a 50 cal i actually have a 50 caliber round that i i got i remember i got that when, it, when we were doing the walkthrough of that plane mm-hmm. so i That's always great. will remember that it was great but that'll do all it. Right. That's all I got. That's that's the only interesting story I have here. Thank you all for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the series. I hope you enjoyed the pilot. And I hope you enjoy our podcast coverage of it as you join us uh, as we watch the show too. I'm looking forward to watching episode two. And you can expect a second episode of our coverage on it probably early next week. I don't want to put any... Uh, any could be sooner could be early next week probably this is the latest that you'll get it so thank you all for tuning in and zach to your epic outro sir well thank you for listening to this episode of masters of the air by story archives you can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts apple and spotify podcasts you can visit us on youtube at soapbox podcast network visit a website at soapbox.house email us at contact at soapbox.house and we do have a link in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter all right thanks for tuning in y'all until next time peace